If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 198 featuring the Honda Classic on the PGA Tour. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanran join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Good morning, gents. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. Tournament strokes gained analysis. I've been all over that this week, gents. Tournament form statistics and our PGA Tour predictor model. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge. There is no paywall. We are available on Twitter. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at Golf Betting, and I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description. Please look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I'm going to be recording that after this podcast. And of course, you can also listen or watch this particular podcast on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe and like the shows on there. Now, you guys as listeners, power this podcast so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Just personalises it a little bit. We've got one here entitled Golf Betting System 5 Stars. Enjoyed the Facebook and Twitter chat for a good year or so, but only just started listening to the podcast in 2022, loving the tips, laughs and stats, here's to a profitable season. The wife loves me singing the theme song repeatedly throughout the week. And that is from Stephen Jap, who is in the UK. I, you know, I don't actually hum our theme tune for some bizarre reason. That, that one hasn't stuck to me. <laughs> I'm still humming sort of doom bop or something most of the time. <laughs> you don't you don't go around singing it to the to the missus on a no, Thursday I don't, morning. But Stephen Jap does. Yeah, lovely stuff, Stephen. I'm, I'm glad you glad you enjoy the pod. I'm glad you enjoy the uh, the intro jingle as well from uh, from Sam uh, who put that together for us a, a couple of years back. So. Sam must be a happy chappy. I mean, I pointed this out on Twitter Sunday morning. Oh, Benny Ann. In mm. contention on the Corn Ferry. Yep. Was actually putting in the top 15 for putts per GIR and he goes and wins. So yeah. well done to Benny Ann. Did you, not that I actually saw the finish, but did you see, um, was it Gellerman, the guy who was up against uh, four putted the final hole to uh, to give Benny Ann the, the victory? Oh, wow. Brutal way to lose a tournament. Yeah. You often, I think there's some good opportunities in that corn ferry, you know, because mm. you, you do see, I mean, there's people in my strokes gained eight-week numbers that can't really get to the 
top level on the PGA Tour. But when they drop down a level, like Gellerman, all of a sudden, all over it like a rash. Yeah. Um, but yes, Ben Ann, he's on the way back. Yeah. Actually, Ben Ann was a name that comes out quite... He was in the top four here at the at Honda Classic only three years ago. Damn. It shows you. If you don't play good golf and you get some demons in your game, how you know you can drop quickly? No, well, he's never been the best of putters, and we we all know that. But when he puts it together, I mean, that performance he put together at Wentworth, um, I forget how many years ago it was now, but it, it absolutely um, tore through the field um, on debut there. He, I think he shot twenty under or thereabouts when you know back in the days when uh, when Wentworth was a, a fairly stiff test. And uh, we'd been sing- seeing single-figure winning totals there, and uh, it just came and absolutely tore the place up. I've done Banan a, a disservice, actually. 2020 Honda Classic, Sung J.M. 6-under, Mackenzie Hughes 5-under, Tommy Fleetwood 4-under, Benny Ann 3-under, tied with Lee Westwood and Daniel Berger. Mm. There you go. So he won it. I think it was in Florida again this week, wasn't it? The Corn Ferry. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. So, what do we make of last week? I was quite disappointed, actually. As I was, I was, I was kind of on a high off after Scotty Scheffler, and I did struggle last week. It, it was almost like um, a kid in a candy store, and you get you get a field like that, and it's like hard to really. So I went down the route of Thomas Peters, who's been playing so well. Miscut that. I mean, that was obvious. Christian Bezadenhoot who I thought that course was perfect for him, but actually, it's too long for him. You know, it plays long. It plays at least, you know, we rank it as a medium-length golf course, but it, you know, it's it's too long for Bez. Um, I can't even remember the other guy I put up, but he was oh, Lanto Griffin. He started with like 75, so that was game over. And then I, I, got, I got to the closing stages, and I had Mark Leishman in the third from last group, and I had Xander in the fourth from last group. So you're thinking, well, come on, we... One of those guys has got to do something, and it's it's one of those weeks where they both do absolutely nothing on Sunday, so I get a complete loss. It was one of those weeks, but with Joaquin playing like the golf from the stars, the only reason I didn't put Joaquin up was because I looked at his past history around there, and it didn't look great, but it just suited him. You think about it, really. Medium-length golf course, large greens, Um. He just—he he was just on a different planet, wasn't he? He had that one after thirty-six holes. It was amazing, really. Yeah, yeah. Pair of sixty-threes um, never hurts, does it? I think if you if you dig, um, you know, and I'm sure you you've done a mass more homework than I did on on the event. He was um, he was fourth for strokes going tee to green at the Farmers Insurance two weeks earlier or three weeks earlier, yeah. and that, as we always say, that crossover between Torrey Pines and Riviera is real. It was a it was a cement block in the sort of forehead when you just saw him climbing the leaderboard and you're not on him. You're like, oh, what have I done? Yeah, I mean, if you, <laughs> what have I done? If you did, it, the previous his previous attempt there, he'd um, I think he was second after thirty six holes and then shot oh, seventy eight yeah. on the sun uh, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So he fell right away, and that kind of masks his performances there because he ended up finishing what forty third or forty fourth or something, mm. something in that kind of bracket, having been yeah. right in the mix at the halfway point. So it kind of given you a hint that he could um, he could play the course, although hadn't managed to stay the stay the full four rounds the previous 
previous time. You know, and after a pair of 63s, you can almost coast home. And it got a little bit um, tight towards the end, but nothing to be um, overly concerned with. Huge form links with Torrey Pines. Huge form links with Plantation, the century, mm-hmm. where he's finished second in a playoff. Huge um, links also to Wireli Country Club, Sony Open, where again he's finished second. So it was, yeah, bad miss, bad miss on, on our part. Really. But yes, um, it was just, uh, it was. I thought it was a fascinating, I'll tell you what else I take away from it last week. A couple of things here just from the statistics, and I'm just thinking about the majors of the future. It was fascinating to see Colin Morikawa, who was sixth from tee to green and actually was in the top 20 for strokes gained around the green. Now, I think that's important with majors coming up. Yep. We've got Morikawa now, who clearly, you know, ball striking, off the tee, strokes gained ball striking, including approach, is probably the best in the world right now. Well, he's up there with Victor anyway. He was 19th for around the green. So I think that's one for the mental notes. He can actually, you know, scramble now. Well, and he's then been working I, on it, hasn't he? Clearly. Now, I've moved down to Victor Hovland. Fifth for greens in regulation. So he hit 49 of 72 greens. He was 19th for off the tee, as you would expect with Victor. Third for approach. He was only behind Joaquin Neiman and one other. And then you get to strokes gained around the green. Negative 3.27. He was 61st of those that made the cut around the greens. Mm. And I still say... At a major, when it's firm and releasing, that will mean that Victor can finish in the top five, yes, can get you an each-way payout, but he won't actually win. But get him to a major that's soft and receptive, he's very much clearly going to be game on Victor Hovland. That's just my that's that's been my gut yep. feel all along with him. He just needs to work on that short game to make that leap to being able to to compete and be at the very top of the leaderboard in majors. I think. Yeah, he's not he's not far off, is he? And you know, despite a couple of kind of nondescript rounds last week, he really wasn't far away. And that's, that's as you've described, that was with a with a short game that really isn't firing. So. Yeah, it's not so that bad. It's it's not that bad, guys. It's getting so. It's much bad enough not to win a major, though, Barry. That's the point. Uh, That's the point I'm making. I'm, I'm not talking about finishing third here or second or getting an each way payout at twenty to one. I'm talking about winning a major on a firm, releasing golf course. You don't win it when you've got negative around the green numbers. And it'll be interesting. I mean, I I think he could be very competitive at Augusta. It just depends on the. The ground conditions coming up to the event, if it's not yes. ripping fast, then, my no. God, he's got a... Uh, That's the thing we're going to have to keep a cl- close eye on. We're going to have to keep a close close eye on those on those, on those those turf conditions. Because if that is receptive and release and not releasing around Augusta, you mm. know, if, it, if that's had a deluge of rain for a good couple of weeks building up, and I know they've got the sub-air and they've got this, they've got that, if those greens aren't going to be lightning fast, Victor Hovland is a big, big player. It's undoubted. He's, compete, he's competing across so many different types of courses. And if this yeah. is a, a non-competitive week for him, like he's only five shots mm. off a really, really good, like a tournament record tying score. You know, yeah. 
it's uh, he, he just it's not ceasing to surprise me anymore. Um, him showing up, he's 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 elite. He really is, and he's only getting better. I saw him take on a few short game shots this weekend that he never would have historically taken on, and he pulled them off pretty well. So, mm. uh, he's so you he's think gone. you think it's improving slowly? Yeah, 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 very much. It so. has to, doesn't it? Hmm. Well, he's got to work on it, hasn't he? And you know, he'll be as aware as everyone else is that there are gaps in his game that will ultimately prevent him from getting to the very, very, very top unless he improves and you know becomes even just middling at that kind of uh, that kind of skill set. And uh, yeah, if he works on those, then the rest of his game is uh, wow, super impressive. To, as Barry the other said. thing you've got to say, Paul, is that you've got to say this this season. And or this you know calendar year season, whatever way you look at it, both across DP World Tour and PGA Tour, his putting is a lot lot better than it used to. Mm. Yeah. Now he was in the top fourteen last week. Uh, sorry, he was in the top ten for putting strokes game. Yeah. He's literally the chipping. It's exciting stuff. The majors aren't far away. Right, let's crack on. We're not going to talk Saudi. We're going to talk Honda Classic. Let's try and get this show in around the hour mark today. Right, the Honda Classic. I do. I always like the Honda Classic. Had some mm. had some success over the years. There is, well, there, there, there's definitely a. I work to a set of parameters that seem to be fairly consistent around here. It's a beast of a golf course. It isn't a great field. It never is. It's it's kind of we, we're starting the Florida swing, so we've got to bear that in mind. So a lot of these players that. You know, aren't competitive across a lot of the stops on the West Coast because of the Poana and the Kikuyu, all of a sudden this reverses out. So you've now got a situation where we're moving to pure Bermuda grass. Yeah. So that's good for a lot of players. Clearly, those from the southeast of America, it tends to work. We're dealing with this week the Champions Course, PGA National, Palm Beach Gardens in Florida. This one actually took me by surprise, although I've been writing it in my previews for the last 10 years. It's a it's an original Tom and George Fazio design. Yep. But it's had Nicholas uh, redesign in 1990 and also 2013. So yes, classified as a Jack Nicholas course. Course type, Florida. Also technical, I classify it as i.e. bloody hard. Um, it's a par 70. Its length is only 7,125 yards. So, categorised for our predictor model purposes as a short golf course. I can see why Tony Fino doesn't play here though. Holes with hot water hazards. It doesn't scream T2 Tony. 15 of the 18 holes have recognised water hazards. A typical Florida golf course. So, what I mean by Florida golf course for those listening, yes, it's in Florida, helps. But even then, uh, on the PGA Tour, they play. Tra- they play. I always call it transitions. I'm going way back here. They they played a Valspar at Copperhead, uh, Innisbrook Resort, which is up in Tampa Bay. And even though that's in Florida, that more that is more of a Carolina golf course because it's um, medium length. Uh, tree-lined, lots of dog legs. Very Carolina golf course overtures, even though it's in Florida. This, though, proper Florida golf course. So think Bay Hill, 
Also think where they used to play the Doral, the World Golf Championship. So pan flat, exposed, no trees, close to the coast, wind whipping in from off the Atlantic. All the tees are exposed. Everything's exposed to the wind. Uh, and clearly, water is prevalent on. Mer- you know, if you if you have a if you have an errant tee, uh, an errant drive rather, a lot of them end up in watery graves. Uh, and it's the same for the greens as well. A lot of green c- complexes surrounded by water, especially the par fives. So they give you a lot of risk and reward with water in play. Bit like that final hole in Dubai the other week with um, Rory McIlroy. It's like, come on, go for it. Go for it in two. But if you don't play that shot correctly, you're in a watery grave. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very typical Florida golf course. I'm just actually getting up uh, my wind finder report and uh, updating myself because this golf course is very, very windswept and literally wind is probably the most important element to what kind of scores we're going to expect. Um, in terms of last year, 2021, this played at 71.10 over par. So 1.1 over par for the whole field. It ranked the sixth most difficult golf course of 51 on the PJ Tour, and it was the most difficult par 70. Nasty. Uh, if you're looking for Jack Nicholas designs to see you know, players that are Jack Nicholas specialists, uh, PJ West, the tournament course, they played that in the American Express. PJ West, Nicholas Privis, they used to play that in the Humana Challenge. The more famous ones, of course, will be Glen Abbey, where they play, they have played the RBC Canadian Open 2008, 2013, 2015, 2018. They used to play also the Annandale, Annandale Golf Tournament, uh, the mm-hmm. Sanderson Farms, a uh, Jack Nicholas design as well. And the one that, for some bizarre reason, I haven't actually included on my preview poll, so I'll be sending you the new list uh, after this podcast, is Memorial, of course, where they play the Muirfield uh, Village, which yep. is Jack Nicholas's signature golf course, because clearly that's where he's based, up in Ohio. So if you're looking for Nicholas links, there are others in there, Valhalla, uh, where they played the 2014 PGA, Sherwood Country Club, where they played the 2020 Zozo Championship, and they also used to play the World Challenge there through 2013. There's quite a lot to go at. Also, uh, Barracuda Championship's always been played on differing Nicholas designs. So yeah, it's just tough. It's a tough golf course. There's water everywhere. Winning totals here tend to be either single digit when the wind is howling. Padraig Harrington was six under. Sung Jae-in was six, six under. Uh, Thomas, I was on board. Thomas the year he won at eight under. I was on board Fowler the year he won as well. But he won at twelve under. So did Matt Jones. Although Matt Jones didn't he win by seven or something crazy last year? He was just yeah, in a complete. Think, yeah. He was in a complete field of his own. Matt Jones last year. He won at twelve under. The closest to him was Brandon Haggy, seven under par. Hmm. Well, I tell you what, I've been asked to do, and I haven't done it yet is um, I need to congratulate Wacky Neiman backers for last week. And um, I had quite a few people saying, can you do the Wacky as a kind of <laughs> celebratory thing? I mean, I'm still gutted, you know. He's one of my favourite players, for God's sake. Yeah, I did put yeah. him up. When, very, very, very disappointed. Yeah, backable price as well, right in the, oh, uh, right, right in the <laughs> mix. Right in the wheelhouse. 
Not good. Yeah, no. lots on him. Lots of winning slips on Twitter over the weekend. Disappointing when you're the wrong side of it. Don't forget, though, this week, Paul, we've got Mito, Mito Perea. Oh, the chilli factor. The chilli factor. Bound to win. Mito's going to get hot. He's Chilean, so he's going to win this week. Two, two on the trot, <laughs> like London buses. Yeah. Uh, he was being backed in off the boards last week. Uh, yesterday, Mito no. Perea. Yeah. Right, let's stop this. Yeah, it's just a tough golf course, Florida golf course. Now, the one thing I will say, bit of rain in the build-up. Um, I think I can, it was 14 mil last week, and I think it was like 80 millimetre for February so far. So, um, you're going to have turf conditions I don't think are going to be overly firm and fast at the very start. But the other thing that's noticeable this year is the, the wind's way down. So, Thursday's being forecast 15 miles an hour. Friday, 12 to 15. Saturday, sub 10. And even Sunday, nothing more than 15 miles an hour. And I mean, some years we're seeing like 30, 35 gusts, 40 every day of the, of the tournament. Mm. So I get the feeling, you know, I always tend to also look for wind specialists around here. I don't think, I think it's going to be far more open. And I think that kind of Ricky Fowler 12 under par, I think you're going to have a number of players sneaking into double digits this week. Potentially, yep. we might see a course record, low score, 13, 14 under par. It might sneak, it might sneak from technical into kind of mid score scoring, if you see what I mean. Yeah, you might get a few yeah. double digits. If the, are, if the wind stays where it is, yeah. Yeah. Are we are we becoming a weather jinx though? Because last week w- things were looking fine for maybe a you know a low teen score when we were recording the pod, and then a hailstorm came along and softened up the course a little bit and <laughs> gave us like a, a more friendly Thursday Friday. Now we saw what we saw how the course got on the weekend. It was it's a little bit tougher to score on the Sunday Saturday that they, they let the handbrake off, but. Um, yeah, I just this scoring guessing must, game yeah. is dangerous. Last, it's, it's last week there was a risk, and it was only thirty percent of rain on that Tuesday. And yeah, mm-hmm. there was was it twenty minutes? Jeff Shacklewood said it was like twenty minutes of hail, and yeah, and it just didn't enough. To, I haven't seen there's there's been literally zero percent chance of rain the whole tournament week. So I think what we're going to see is what we're going to see. But yeah, I, I, it has you know it's not like California where they'd had two millimeters of rain in 2022 prior to the build-up. There's been some rain in the area here, so I think it's just going to be some nice firm on the firmer side in terms of the turf. But I think when you see the opening shots, there's going to be some cut in the fairways. But you know they they're not scared to let the handbrake off here either, are they? To let these greens greens go nice and crispy, and they're bigger greens now. They, have, have you seen what they've done here with this, with sort of building this stadium hole up? They're kind of going down this Phoenix Open route. It's is it? I think it's the is it the sixteenth or the seventeenth within the um, within the bear trap? Or the par three? Yeah, worth looking jump, at. They're, jumping, they're, they're literally up. surrounding the whole the whole hole in in like um, in a stadium format. Could be a tournament for us to go to, lads, in the future. Been saying that for years. 
I don't fancy that TPC Scottsdale where you've got to get there at three in the morning and then you've got to run five miles full pelt to get a space. <laughs> and if you leave to have a wee, you know, all of a sudden you've lost your seat and all this malarca. Mm. I'm, I'm not of that ilk anymore. Maybe PJ National's the spot. Easier to get to as well. Anyway, any any anything to mention about the course? Oh, Bermuda Grass Greens, of course, as I said. These are of the Tiff Eagle variety. Tiff Sport Bermuda Grass Rough. I think the rough's going to be up, apparently, which would suggest about that rain we were talking about. Um, it's up a quarter of an inch, so um, 2.25 inches of rough this year. Uh, it was two, two inches last year. Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens, and they are chunky. 7,000 square feet on average. But as ever, to me, this is a golf course... I think there were fair. I mean, you just look here at some factors, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go quiet and let you guys just throw in your penance. You just look at the winners around here: uh, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott. I know that these are in years when the field was stronger. Padraig Harrington. You know, these are these are major performers, and they've all got a U.S. Open track record. Even Russell Henley in 2014, he'd finished 16th at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in 2010 as an as an am. Michael Thompson in 2013, he'd finished second at the US Open that Webb Simpson won. Rory McIlroy, he won here in 2012. He'd won the US Open the year before. Camillo Vijagas, he'd had a top 10 at the Torrey Pines US Open. So there's this grindability, this ability to be able to tame tougher golf courses where Half of it's a mental battle where you've made a birdie, a bogey or a double and you've got to literally wipe that from your mind and say, no, nah, crack on. Par, at the next, par or birdie on the next hole is what I'm aiming for. It's that, it's that mental approach around here. I think that US Open angle is interesting. Also, other courses, I mean, you, you try and picture other courses with lots of water in play. I mean, Bay Hill is damn obvious. But I've even gone down the track of, and this came out with Matt Jones last year. Matt Jones is a previous winner at Redstone Golf Club, the golf club of Houston, where they play the Shell Houston Open. And I'll never, ever forget that year, because that was the year that Matt Kuchar did the famous, he banged it in the water on 18. And that golf course, again, risk and reward holes surrounded by water, flat as a pancake. That's the Golf Club of Houston. So I think that's a very relevant comp. I think Phoenix is even a relevant comp because there's a lot of water at Phoenix, especially on that back nine when they're playing 15, they're playing 17. And even the drive on 18 can have a watery grave if it's particularly yeah. wild. So I think there's comp courses with Phoenix as well. I mean, Sung Jae-im had finished seventh there before winning this. Keith Mitchell's got a top 10 there. Justin Thomas clearly is contending at Scottsdale literally every time he plays it. Ricky Fowler, the ultimate. Ricky Fowler, a winner at Phoenix and two runner-ups at Phoenix. So there's a lot of these comp courses as well that feature water. The other one I've also highlighted is TPC Twin Cities is where they play the 3M Open up in Minnesota. That, again, is a golf course that when you look at it, flat, there's a, bit, there's a bit more foliage on that particular golf course, but there are lots of holes, especially the 18th. Water, risk and reward. 
So that they're the kind of comps I'm looking at from a course perspective as well. Anything to add, gentlemen? Yeah, no, I can see the logic with with, with a lot of those courses and a lot in terms of length as well. I mean, you go back to Phoenix with a little bit of altitude. You're talking sure. kind of seven thousand. Yeah, it's just, it's a short short course, isn't it? And um, you combine in short courses, which often tend to be less than past seventy two. So often um, there's less emphasis on pure um, par five scoring, although you've got to take advantage of the few chances that you do get with the par mm. fives to compile a score. Um, yeah, I, overall, it's it just you know I, I'd always categorise it as a as a tough course, and it certainly kind of appeals to players that can get into that mindset. And I, I like your US Open link because I think that kind of shows you a, um, a mentality of a player who can get into that um, grinding mindset. And even if it is kind of low double figures that gets over the line this week, it's still not. You know, it's still not It's still not a, an American Express type, you know, or Kapalua type winning total, is it? It's it's still going to present some uh, present some some difficulties for the players, and uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to grind your way around there. You're going to have to manage your way around the course to to get over the line. But yeah, Florida courses, um, Bermuda, as you say, players. This this switch from um, non Bermuda um, putting surfaces to Bermuda as you get into the Florida swing. Um, can bring a number of different players to the fore, and it's well worth seeing those uh, those players that suddenly seem to spring to life when you get to the Florida swing, because often that is um, grass related. Yeah, you um, might even find this. This this is a good angle. You may even find that they've done well at a Bermuda course on the on the West Coast. So take a Sony Open. Yeah, may have played well out Sony, and then they've gone onto the mainland. Power, power, power. They may not have played the PGA West because they didn't want to play a a pro-am they play power struggle power struggle they get here bang yep just appear Sung Jae did that did very very little before this then won at 33 to 1 mm. yeah it happens and you, you see it when you look through a lot of the the history of players and how they perform there's just this kind of uh, this switch isn't it as they as they go from you know it happens in other parts of the schedule as well where they switch from um, you know a jo- one geography to another or one swing mm. to another and uh, it just brings different types of players to the fore I'm talking about winning this week as well are you don't see players winning this without at least a PGA Tour start so, you know, Tommy Fleet, oh, Tommy, this course is made for him. Completely agree. It's a Tommy Fleetwood golf course, but he hasn't played on the PGA Tour. And for whatever reason, couldn't tell you. Look at all the winners going back. 2010, 2009, they've all played at least a PGA Tour event. So they may have played out in Dubai, might have played at Abu Dhabi. They come over to the States, played a tournament or played Mexico, and then they win this. You don't get players that haven't played any PGA Tour yeah. action the previous, you, that year and then win you, this. Does, yeah, just been say... You mean in the calendar year? So in the last in the calendar year, yeah, yeah, six, calendar, year, calendar year. You got it. Take Tommy Fleetwood. He hasn't played any PGA Tour golf so far this year. Twenty twenty two. Fleetwood. I'm just going to go through the top ten of my predictor model that I pulled together. Please, clearly, listeners, come over to the uh, the, the uh, model. You can use it as many times as you want. Any as many results. Uh, I really just to paint a picture. I went firm positive because I do think the greens are going to crisp up. I went Bermuda positive. I think strokes going off the tee is really important this week. I think driving distance is important. Bogey avoidance, well, that speaks for itself on this golf course. Um, 
I also like some decent form on the way in. And I also went for a decent strong score on both short course positive and scrambling, which I think is very important this week, scrambling. Similar to last week. Uh, 10 Fleetwood, 9 Noren, 8 Louis Oosthuizen, 7 Cam Young. What a week that guy had last week. Mm. Fantastic performance from Cam Young. 6 Wackid Neiman. 5 My nemesis Daniel Berger. Always misses the cut when I'm on him. Likely to win this week. 4 Brooks Kepka. Can Brooks be bothered this week? That's the big question. 3 Keith Mitchell, previous winner here. 2 Sung Jae-in, previous winner here. Number 1 Billy Ho. Billy Horrishaw. Floridian. So that's the top 10 in the predictor model. Well backed, Billy Horshaw. Very well backed. For right reasons as well. Right. I'm going to press on, I think. So, what do I want to highlight? I'll tell you what I want to highlight. Right. Terms this week. Ball sports. 10 places each way. So if you want to go for that extra security, it's 10 places each way, 50 odds, lower prices, boil sports. Got to say, I mean, in terms of a betting proposition, it's consistent. We, what we've said for years, the chaps, absolutely is a consistent proposition where you know you can just take your choice week in, week out, and you're going to take a player at lower odds and get more each way places. And, you know, ball sports do that. So if you haven't got a ball sports account, well worth looking at, especially with the majors coming up. They have in the past gone 12 places each way, a sixth the odds. Uh, did they go 12 places or was that Paddy Pam? I'm getting confused. Uh, no, they did, yeah. It was at the yeah, open, open last year. Last year, last year. I think, year, I think, I think, I think uh, we can't say for sure. We don't know. But you may find same some firms go 12 places each way at the Masters. Um, another good firm at the moment are William Hill. They are eight places each way, but they are doing price guarantee on the top 10 in the field. They will match off any other bookmaker in terms of their odds on the top 10, which is handy when you're getting eight places each way. And then, of course, we mentioned this last week, we have we have Bet365. Now, one thing we've noticed so far this golfing year is how Bet365 are dominating on player odds. Both PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, when the DP World Tour actually plays. Take last week's Genesis Invitational, where they were the best price or joint best price on 114 of the 120-man field. Since the Farmers Insurance opened Dubai Desert Classic Week in January, they have been best price or joint best price on 93% of the combined fields. You have to say that is impressive. Absolutely. 93% of all the players in those fields, going back to the Farmers Insurance and Dubai Desert Classic, Bet365 have been best price or joint best price. So for those of you wanting the best player odds right now, we would recommend giving Bet365 a look. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10, get £50 in free bets, new customer offer, and key terms and conditions are in the podcast description. So yeah, Bet365 look like, again this week at the Honda Classic, dominating on price. So well worth a look. One thing with, of course, if you're an each-way backer on Bet365, they are still the only bookmaker offering 
A quarter of the odds on the place, but they offer five places each way this week. Right then, so we've talked about bookmakers. So we start talking about some players. I mean, it's a, it's a disappointing field, but I think what you've got to understand is we're now in the Florida swing, and of course, we have no WGC. We have the Arnold Palmer Invitational next week, which a lot we, the field looks, again, stellar for that. Mm-hmm. We then, um, I think we'll have a, a lighter week at Copperhead, and then they move across to Texas for the WGC. So you can see a lot of players are going to play next week, Bay Hill, the World Golf Championship, and then the next stop will be the Masters. Yeah, we've got the players in between that as well. Oh, of course, the players. What am I talking about? The players is the other side of Bay Hill, isn't it? So it goes Arnold Palmer Invitational, then the players, then Copperhead. So yeah, yeah you're you gonna can see three, why. A lot of the elite will go on those three stops, won't they? They'll go Arnold Palmer, yeah, and you players. Can, yeah. You, you, can, you can see why a few That's take right. this week off, can't you? Because you know, it's there's tough. a big... Yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's a strong stretch of events coming up and um, yeah, they're not going to continue to play week after week after week, so... Sung Jae-im, 12 to 1 favourite. Daniel Berger, 16 to 1. This is where he made his breakthrough, wasn't it, when he got into that playoff mm. with Padraig. Padraig's playing some good golf, as we know. I wouldn't be surprised if one of you are going to put him up. Louis Oosthuizen <laughs> is a 20 to 1 shot, as is Brooks Kepka, and as is Wacky Neiman. So Wacky Neiman is 20 to 1 with Bet365, but because he's in the top 10 in the um, odds, he's also 20 to 1, eight places each way with William Hill because of the price guarantee. Billy Ho, 22 to 1. Tommy Fleetwood, 28 to 1. Shane Lowry, Alex Noren, 33 to 1. Keith Mitchell, 35 to 1. 40 to 1 bar. The rest includes Brian Harmon. Not the greatest of fields, but there's there's plenty of there's plenty of strength there, plenty of interest. I think it's going to be one of these weeks, you know, where you're going to keep hearing people go, "I'm not going to back player X at that price." It's one of those ones. Well, oh, I'm not going to back him at that. If he'd have been that, I'd have backed him, but I'm not backing him at that. But then it's a weak field, so. I kind of try and get myself out of that headspace. A, a 33 to 1 chance this week was probably 80 to 1 at a good tournament like at Phoenix two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, but a that's 30 just because that's just because the field's a lot poorer. Yeah, but like a 33 to 1 winner if you pick him is still 33 to 1. So it's Yeah, exactly. It's it's brutal that you don't get the value. The one thing I'm interested yeah. in this week, I think if I read it and it's still correct is that everybody who qualified from the KFT last year is getting a start this week so oh, well, I, was just, I was exactly going to say we've got Darry Van Der Voort in this for Lord's sake David Skins Jim Canoose Max McGreevy I mean, so even Eric Compton's got a sponsor's invite yeah. I mean they're fine triple quadruple heart man Eric Compton's playing they, uh, they're finally getting their you know a, a Every one of them is getting a start, which shows how tough it is for you know KFT to get onto the tour if you're down the um, down the list at the rate the rankings list with the KFT. So the one thing that will be interesting to see is a few profiles of them this week. But you know I wouldn't hold my breath for the PGA Tour putting that or the TV putting it out. But it's a great opportunity to see a little bit deeper into the tour and just get a little bit of background on um, a few of these guys that have like grounded out and qualified up but you know we'll probably yeah. just get the usual three four five guys they focus on and that's it 
Um, the other thing is Barry, yeah. we're going to get some of these names likely in the you know in the mix. Chase Sievert, mm. two hundred and fifty to one last year, finished uh, in a, in the mix. Brandon Haggy was such a late entry to the field, I didn't even get a price on him. So there you go. Uh, Denny McCarthy, 150 to 1. CT Pan, 175 to 1. Mackenzie Hughes in 2020. Mackenzie Hughes, who's now a top 50 odd player in the world, was 600 to 1, finished second. There's a whole list of them, all big triple digits. VJ Singh, 500 to 1 in 2019, got an each way place. Wyndham Clark, 200 to 1. KH Lee, 350 to 1. And Keith Mitchell won that year, 300 to 1. So although you've got some quality at the top who you think are going to get in the mix, like a Tommy Fleetwood in 2020 was 12 to 1, finished third, you are going to get these triple-digit players and you're like, who the who the devil are these guys after them? Did you see the... Um, you're talking about players coming through and uh, you know seeing them for the first time. The, the Monday qualifying yesterday was absolutely stacked from a Corn Ferry perspective. Yeah. Um, and... They couldn't complete it. There were 16 players playing off this morning for the final one spot to join the field this morning. So three players got through automatically and they've got a 16 man for one spot playoff to uh, <laughs> determine the final place this week. Wow. If they don't put them all off in the same hole at the same time, then they're really <laughs> screwing up. God, can you imagine? It'd be the best. How many days is that going to take to whittle 16 down to one? Well, you know, first hole was birdie or goodbye, isn't it? You know, perhaps someone will hold out. This, uh, yeah, we'll, we shall see. But that, right. that should be exciting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up my first tip, and I, I'm going for a crazy. I mean, this is crazy. It's bound, it's bound not to work. But hey, when I was going through the research, one name kept just popping up on lots of these correlating golf courses, and he's been playing abysmally for a long, long time. But one thing this guy has been doing recently is putting, and he's been putting well for the whole of 2022, because I keep seeing in the strokes gained rolling putting number. But yeah, tee to green, awful. Then last time out in Phoenix, he popped up 22nd for tee to green. He was 7th for strokes gained on approach. And he finished with a 6 under 65 on the Sunday, which was the best round at TPC Scottsdale. And as we all we know, we said about it, it was, a, it was a little bit crispy, it was a little bit frisky. It was a tough golf course that day. Best round of the whole field. Sung Hoon Kang. Half a point each way. He was priced up with William Hill at first show at 300 to 1, and then literally 15, 12, maybe I'm exaggerating, I think you told me about half an hour before we went live, he'd been cut to 200. But he's 200 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way I got. He's also, if you want to take six places, and it's a, <laughs> I would take every place imaginable on <laughs> Sun Kang, um, he's 250 to 1 with Unibet, six places each way right now. But you look at Kang, He's had a top 10 in a major at the PGA Championship at um, Beth Page Blanc. But a lot of these other golf courses I was talking about, second at the 2017 Houston Open. He's also finished sixth and ninth at Bay Hill. And his one PGA Tour victory was on that faux links at Trinity Forest when he won the 2018 A&T Byron Nelson. There's also some other, um, third at the 2018 Quicken Loans, which was at TPC Potomac. That was a single, I think that was the that was the tournament, you know, that Francesco Molinari won 
before he then went on to win the Open Championship. And I think yep. Molinari won at like 15 under par and everyone else in that field was virtually single digits. He won at a canter, Molinari. But Kang was right up there. I think uh, he finished in third spot. So give him a tough golf course. Give him a tough assignment. I mean, that that um, that history at Bay Hill, very transferable. Sixth in 2019, ninth in 2020. And you won't find Sung Hoo Kang in any predictor model, any uh, any of these um, prediction, prediction machines. He's not going to pop up because his numbers are awful. But he... It's just that in that on that micro level, found something, found something with his game. I'm on him. Two hundred to one with William Hill, Sung Kang. Um, we know that triple digits are a play here. Uh, any of you guys on big numbers this week? That's mm, kind. Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Yeah. You go first, Barry. <laughs> no, no. So it's like that's on. That's the probably the only place I'm operating this week because. It does have the the variance of all of the <clears throat> KFT guys playing, and it just feels a little harder to be trusting in the side, you know, the, the supposedly solid um, guys at the top. So my, f- do you mean to go with my furthest one out? Yeah, it's, you just work whatever way you want to work. It's Justin Lauer. Uh, finished sixth on the KFT last week, um, which was in Florida. So there's not much more to it than that. Um, but his price is truly absurd and very, very appealing. I uh, can get him a 400 to 1, which is uh, the best price in 365, but uh, conveniently also matched on Paddy Power with uh, eight places each way. So uh, I'll be mm. taking that. Yep. I don't think I'd recognize Justin Lauer. In a ID line of one person, <laughs> it could go on the win, mate. But yeah, we might know more of him come uh, come Saturday when he's near yeah. the top of the lead ball. Perhaps we'll get a chance to eyeball a few of these. Uh, Is it lower or lower? Is it lower or lower, Barry? You've gone with lower. I've heard lower, so um, oh, but okay. we all know you're the master of pronunciation, Steve. So, so I'll, I'll you call, call him lower, Justin yeah. Lower. <laughs> Well, that's that's where let's hope the scores go there this week uh, to grab a terrible pun. Oh, yeah. But um, Ooh, boom, boom, boom. yeah, Paul, you're next. Can you beat four hundred to one? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can. I've got. I've, I've oh no! Three. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, oh, I love this. But um, I, I, let me give you the more sensible ones first. I've, I've backed Michael Thompson, who's uh, the former winner here. Um, Actually, to be fair, he's he's now inside the three figures. He's about ninety, I think ninety to one best price with bet three six five. But I got him early yesterday at one hundred and twenty fives. Mm. Um, yeah, former former winner here, two thousand and thirteen, wasn't it? Yeah, it hasn't done much since, but then won the three M Open, um, which mm. uh, you've mentioned a couple of times, yep. Steve. Twenty twenty, so a couple of years back. Uh, second at the US Open back in 2012, which ticks that box. That was at the Olympic Club um, that that year. And his form this year has been a little bit erratic, missing the last couple of cuts. But fifth at the Sony, um, and you talked about play, players playing the Sony and then potentially coming here and playing yep. well because of the Bermuda link. He opened and closed with rounds of 63 that week. Um, he was 11th at Torrey Pines as well. He was 64 after day one that week as well. So... Yeah, a bit erratic, but uh, worth a punt, I think. Um, yeah, and if you if you look at his form, I mean, he has one off of very little form in the past. His, his 3M win came off the back of a 64, 64th missed cut form line. So, yeah, 
Michael Thompson was, uh, I thought it was well worth a punt. Um, you mentioned Harrington. I have backed Pad- Padraig Harrington this week. Uh, showed some flashes of form over in the... Flashes? Um, He's second in my strokes gained current form tracker, Padraig yeah. Harrington. That's crazy. Yeah, no, there's some good stuff in there. Um, 20th in Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, Abu Dhabi was a good field. It was a Rolex series. Mm. And ninth in Dubai, and that was a Rolex series field as well. So two bits of decent form. And... Um, didn't do much on the senior tour last week. Fifty sixth in the end at the at the Chub, but uh, twice a winner of this. One of them was at um, Mirasol, wasn't it? Back in two thousand and five, before they moved moved here, um, and then one again in twenty fifteen as well. So um, mm. one hundred and fifty to one. I got again. That's pretty much the best price out there. In fact, Bet Fred currently offering one hundred and fifties eight places each way, fifty odds, and that is the best price. They're even beating Bet three six five on that. We were 140s, mm. so uh, um, good strong position from uh, Bet Fred that may backfire because I can see Harrington getting uh, getting close this week. Um, the one I've backed at a silly price, and it's only a little sprinkling. I don't, I haven't gone mad on this, but um, I have backed Jim Herman at 500 to one. The Herminator. Yeah. <laughs> the Herminator. <laughs> you love um, the Herminator. Yeah, do you yes. know, I, I when I look at him, I look at a, a form line of a string of missed cuts, and I see him at a 500 to one price point. We just know, as punters, we know he's the kind of player that can just suddenly pop up and suddenly win at an obscene price. And yeah, uh, you know, there's there's not much to go on. He was seventh here back in 2015 on debut. Um, he was first round leader that week. Um, he was handy in 2017 up to the halfway point. So he's got a couple of little bits of uh, course form here. And uh, you know, despite these missed cuts, there were just some very subtle hints that his long game had improved a bit at Torrey Pines on his last start. So, um, yeah, I've taken a chance. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's pennies effectively, but five hundred to one. And you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna put your mortgage on it, are you? I'm so, going to apologise to Nagel's Bagels before I say this, but if you had the Herminator. In a back nine shootout with Xander Chauvelet, I'd back mm. the Herminator every day <laughs> of the week because he is stone cold when in contention. Yep. yep. It's not he's very good. often. It's like once every three years, but he's stone cold. Yep. He can actually yeah. win, which, um, you know, given mm. a lot of these players do just really struggle to, to get over the line when the, the opportunity opened or was there. When the door opens with Jim Herman, he can walk through it. So, yeah, not much else to go on with him, but um, at 500s, that price is too big. That was with Paddy. And um, again, that's the best price out there right now. They're beating everyone else in the market. So, uh, eight each way, a fifth of the odds with Paddy Power this week. But yeah, they're my three that I've got that are uh, triple digits. Um, I've got some shorters with shorter prices, which we can go through after you've uh, revealed a few more of yours, Stephen. I went Chris Kirk, sixty-six to one, a point each way with William Hill. He started at eighties and was backed in early doors. Um, I've got sixty-six to one with William Hill. He's a seventy-to-one shot right now with Bet Three Six Five best price, five places each way. Caught the odds. Kirk again, one of these players. He's very underrated at the moment, I think. 31st off the tee, season to date, strokes gained. He's also 18th for tee to green, which makes him... Um, you know, he, was, he was 19th for off the tee at his last out, which was Phoenix Open. He was uh, 18th for tee to green as well. He's 23rd in that rank this season. So he's playing some understudy you know, kind of goal. The other thing I like here, players, they tend to be players that win this of one at, at any level within the last two years. 
Chris Kirk ticks that box. He won on the Corn Ferry in Florida back in 2020. Mm. Just the sort, and you just look at his history. He's a winner at TPC Boston. He's had a second place at the Golf Club of Houston, the Houston Open. He's got decent results here. He's also got some very strong results. He plays well at Sawgrass every year. 13th, 13th, 12th. He was fifth. He was actually 3rd um, and 8th at the players last year. 36 and 54 holes in. And then, of course, it all gets too much for him and he falls down the leaderboard. But I think he's the kind that can play Florida, Florida golf courses very, very well. He's also had an eighth at Bay Hill. So I, I just like where he's played. I like the fact that he has won within the last two years. Not the longest off the tee, 100th in the ranking so far this season, but 31st for strokes gain off the tee. So he's, he's, he's driving the ball very, very nicely. Three of his four PJ Tour victories have come at 14 under, 15 under and 12 under. That's the kind of scoring level that Kirk thrives on. So I think this week could play into his hands. Um, he's also, of course, a winner on Bermuda grass in, uh, on the PGA Tour. So that's him. I've also gone for another one. We've had Yi Yang win here, Sung J.M. So it, it's clearly a course that the Koreans get on with. We were talking about Benny An at the top of the show. I think, I think K.H. Lee's got a chance this week. 66 to 1 I got with Paddy Power. He's 70 to 1 right now with Bet365, best place, five places each one. And I just love Lee in terms of his numbers. He's top 25 on my trackers for both tee to green and putting. He's also in the top 12, I believe, for strokes gained toe current, current form last eight weeks. Playing some really nice stuff. It seems to be one of those things with him, and you see this a lot, don't you? One week, the tee to green's excellent, and the putter's ice cold. And then last time out um, at the Genesis last week, the tee to green fell away, but he's all of a sudden, the, the putter was red hot. He's in the top seven for strokes game putting. If he can merge that all together, and he's got a top 10 here already when he was 350 to one. I think KH Lee, who won last year, didn't he? Won down in Texas. I think he's yep. got a good chance. So 66 to 1 chances, Kirk and K.H. Lee for me. Over to you two. Who do you fans? Barry, do you want to chip one in or are you not going this kind of price point? I have one more in triple digits. Uh, okay. You know, not, nice week last week. Uh, Sepp Straka. Mm. Closed very strongly, didn't he? He was in the top 10, I think, at Riviera for 36 whole weekend scoring. Straka. Um, Sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he had, a, he had a good weekend, um, popped mm. nicely, and, you know, week in field, playing well, um, and he is, I think it's 125s. I, mm. Where are we now? Oh, let's check. Here we go. So, yeah, up to 140s, top price on 365, but I'm going to just dip down into the 125s, eight places. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that just makes sense to me there. Um, so, yeah. Except Stracker is my second long shot. Stracker's the sort where if he gets a top 10, just walk away for a couple of months because it ain't going to continue. He's very, very peaky. But yes, we long long drivers of the golf pool, I think, here are, are very much in play. I mean, for God's sake, Brandon Haggy was second here last year. 
And that guy is as mo- the most flagrant driver of the golf ball you'll ever see. But he's long and long. And that actually leads me on to Matthew Wolfe. And I think if I'd have looked at the leaderboard, you know, I got far too into my strokes going stats last week. I got sucked into that and I forgot. I didn't look at Joaquin's numbers just individually on that Torrey Pines outing. I should have done. But I think Wolf's in the same boat here. Because if I look at his strokes going numbers, the first two outings he had on the PGA Tour, he was abysmal. And that's kind of Wolf. He can be either abysmal or quite exceptional. And then you notice he, he slipped over to Saudi. And he was third after 36 holes, and it was windy out there. And I saw some of the coverage. It was windy. There was some risk reward by the coast, risk reward holes with water in play. His, we've got no strokes gain numbers to look at, but his just basic numbers were excellent in terms of his traditional stats. He was seventh for total driving, tenth for greens and regulation, and fourth for ball striking. And we were talking about US Open history. Well, we know with Wolf, he's finished second in the US Open behind Bryson DeChambeau. He's also finished fourth in a PGA Championship. So he's got major pedigree. He's second so far on the PGA Tour for driving distance. If he can actually keep the ball in play off the tee, I think Wolf's got a great chance this week. So I've got 40 to 1, which I thought was a crazy price. If you look at Matthew Wolf and who he's surrounded by on those on that odds board, now I think I think Wolf's the best player. By a long, long, a long way in that kind of, in that kind of segment, you know, he's 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 just below Johnny Vegas, forty-five to one. You can get you can get forty to one on Matthew Wolf. I mean, to me, that's not even a conversation. So yeah, I'm on Wolf. Uh, one and a half points each way. Forty to one with Betfred. You can get him right now, forty-five to one. Best price with Bet three six five five places. Paul. Yeah, I've got a couple that are in that kind of mid-range uh, range. Uh, Brian Harmon, I've backed. I backed him yesterday at 45 to 1. Actually, he's been very, very well backed. The best you're going to get um, with the kind of mainstream bookers at the moment is 35s, which is the bet 365 pr- price. Um, William Hill also going that price at uh, eight places each way as well. Um, but yeah, Harmon, shorter, tougher courses suit him, I think. Um Eighth and third at TPC Sawgrass. They're two good examples of tougher, you know, slightly mm. shorter um, tracks that he's performed well on over his last couple of starts. Actually, he's twice um, first for strokes game putting there um, at uh, Sawgrass on those Bermuda grass greens. So he can get on with the putting surface. Um, surprise, really, he's not hasn't you know pushed on here at PGA National over the years, but. You know, the, the form isn't too bad. 12th on debut back in 2012. Uh, 11th in 2015. He was 11th to halfway in 2017 as well. So um, some kind of bubbling under form here at uh, PGA National. Uh, US Open form that we've talked about. Mm. He was second in 2017. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he won the Wells that was, Fargo. Uh, Aaron Hills, wasn't it? When, yeah. when Kepka got his first major, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was far too long for Brian Harmon as well. Oh, God, memory. yeah. It's, seven, it was 7-6 or something. It was a long yeah, old golf course. It was mad. You know, to see him in the mix there just shows you he's got the right kind of mentality for a, a trickier test. Uh, he won the Wells Fargo the year that it went off to Eagle Point when they were mm-hmm. prepping quail for the uh, for the PGA, uh, the PGA Championship, wasn't it, that year? That's right, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, 2017, that was, he shot 10 under and held off uh, DJ and uh, another one. I John Rahm. Yeah, it was Rahm. Rahm was right in the middle. Not bad victory, that was it. Held off Rahm and DJ. Yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, that was 10 under. So again, that's the right kind of score, isn't it? And yep. some, yeah, some sneaky form coming in. Third at the American Express, 14th in Phoenix in his last start, eighth for strokes gained tee to green. And um, brilliant putter, Brian Harmon, when he gets going. So I think if he can put that all together, because it's some of his long game stats, third for strokes gained approach at the Amex and uh, wow. let's say eighth for strokes gained tee to green at the at Phoenix as well. So um, combines those with some uh, some good putting this week on the Bermuda, I think then uh, he could go really close, Brian Harmon. He's always one that also pops up on our win positive variable mm. in the predictor model. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that the wind isn't going to be a major factor this this uh, week, apparently, although we don't know. He's sitting there in a tie for 12th spot in the win predictor. Yeah, He's he actually below. It. Listen to this. Bo Hosler. There you go. There's an understated win player, if ever I've known one. Bo, Bo Hosler. Yeah. Is it Hosler? Hosler? Anyway, whatever the pronunciation is, I'll get it wrong. And he's above players like Louis Oosthuizen, Stuart Sink, C.T. Pan. So, yeah, he's a good win player. Mm. Is uh, Brian Harm if it does? Yeah, yes. I think he's one you got to keep and keep an eye on um, in those kind of conditions. And even ten or fifteen miles an hour make this course a little bit trickier. So, um, you know, it, we, we may, may get that for the first couple of days from the latest forecast, and maybe not so over the weekend. But um, yeah, if he can get himself into position after thirty six, then we'll see see where he goes from there. Take our chances. Um, yeah, so I've backed Harm, and I've also backed Gary Woodland, who's got slightly less. Um, or slightly more understated incoming form, but he's another one who performs well on these shorter kind of setups. And we've kind of interrogated his form over the last few years as we've put together our strokes gained stats um, for these kind of longer, shorter, medium length courses. And he, he sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't he, in terms of his performances on shorter courses. And yep. uh, yeah, I, th- I think that should set him in good stead here for this week. He, he's won in Phoenix, which you talked about the link there. Um, he's won the uh, US Open at Pebble Beach, again, a short course. And again, the, the US Open in terms of difficulty, that was 2019 when Barry um, absolutely mopped up that week. Um, also one at Reno, which was at altitude. So again, that played quite short. Nicholas uh, Golf Course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got a um, good Nicholas record, Gary Woodland. He has got a good Nicholas record, yeah. Um, also one in Florida. His first win came at Copperhead. I know you talked about his Carolina overtures, um, which I, I accept. Um, it was in the state of Florida, so I'll tick that box um, yep. in that respect. Um, yeah, and course form was, uh, was he a second here in 2017, sixth and eighth over the... Paul, the big the the big question that Barry's got, the big question I've got, and the big question the listeners got: Who did you put Gary Woodland up with? Because I'm seeing a sixty six to one with Unibet, six places each way. Did you take yeah. the bigger price and the shorter and the shorter each way turn? No, this was yesterday. So I, you're asking me now. I think I put it up with Bet Fred, and I think it was six. I've got sixty to one jotted down on my piece of paper here. You got eight and places each. I'm way. sure I took eight places. Wow, yeah. Barry, he's learning. Well, listen, the only thing I can call right these days is uh, which bookie to place a bet with for a good value. I literally, I couldn't pick my nose right now, let alone the side of a coin and a coin flip. Uh, so, uh, I don't know why anybody... But you are the Gary Woodland whisperer. So, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, he kind of interested in me because 
purely because the golf whisperer himself um, a couple of weeks ago had him listed in his picks and it didn't work. But maybe there's some latent magic dust being sprinkled out there. So he's, you know, it's um, he doesn't owe me anything, but he did kind of pop on my head. So I might just throw a couple of euro down to to um just to avoid what happened to you last week with Joaquin you know it's it's horrible when you're not on one of your favorite golfers and they win um so that's that's kind of where I'm at I I just this this is a I'm I'm withdrawing a bit in terms of uh picking golfers at the moment I just can't seem to get in sync with uh what's going out on out there so um Instead of firing that, more money at it, I'm firing less, which feels a bit Barry's scary. on the withdrawal technique right now. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Sometimes just observing for a while and uh, getting a feel of it isn't such a bad thing if you're, uh, if you're not feeling it. Um, just, to, just to correct myself, it was William Hill I placed it with. I've just, oh, right, so you got your eight places. But I got, got my eight places, okay. yeah. So I, was, I felt convinced I'd done that. So I'll give you my last two. Mm. <laughs> They're so obvious, it's frightening. Um, but why not? Keith Mitchell, as listeners to the podcast will know, I've been all over Keith Mitchell this season. If I wasn't on him and he won this week, I would slit my wrists. Uh, and as Barry just said, with Woodland, it's a good reason to back a player. Just the pain and anguish it would cause if you weren't on him. So one and a half points each, about 35 to one with William Hill. Um, he's just a great Bermuda grass golf course player. He's won here. He's got great record at um, Bay Hill. And he's in great nick. So, you know, there's there's not a lot else to say, really. My eight-week strokes gain track is he's second for off the tee, sixth for tee to green, and seventh for strokes gain current fall. So, yeah, his price is not great. Um, but, you know, if I get a 35-1 to 1 winner this week, brilliant. That's the way I'm looking at it. And also, you could kind of say the thing with Billy Horshaw, but, again, just plain outstanding golf. Six PGA Tour and one DP World Tour titles. That one was at Wentworth, of course, that we were at last year, chat, or uh, Paul and I were. Um, six of those victories came off a top 11 finish in his previous outing. That's pretty telling. Four of his six PGA Tour victories have been on Bermuda grass greens. And he finished right in the mix, sixth at Scottsdale last time out. And again, Scottsdale. Um, He's a witter. He's also played well at the uh, TPC Louisiana, where they used to play. Well, they played the Zurich Classic, don't they? It used to be singles, and now it's the team event. He's a yep. winner there. Uh, he's had a fourth there. Um, he's finished second at the Golf Club of Houston, which I keep mentioning. Second last year at the Concession Golf Club behind Colin Morikawa. That was a that was a really tough Florida golf course. That one. And he's had an eighth, a fourth, and sixteenth here. So, yeah, Billy Horschel for me. So, Horschel at 22s, Mitchell at 35s, Wolf at 40s, KH Lee and Chris Kirk at 66s apiece, and my crazy, gonna miss the cut and shoot 10 over, Sung Hoon Kang, 200 to 1. He's 250 to 1 with Unibet if you've got an absolute suicidal each way bet in you. Sung Hoon Kang. Do you want to recap, gents? Yeah, 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 yeah. Back to a few. <laughs> Brian Harmon, uh, Gary Woodland, Michael Thompson, uh, Bodrake Harrison, and Jim Herman for me. 
Hermanator to mop up at 500 to 1. If Jim Herman's the Hermanator, why isn't Brian Harmon the Harmonator? Harmonator. Well, there you go. I've got Harmon and Herman, so it could be a playoff between the, could the be. Harmon Harmonator and, and the Hermanator. And you, Barry? <laughs> Justin Lauer, Seb Stracker, and the emotional saver on Gary Woodland. You've got Gary Woodland as well. Okay, brilliant. We've got Bay Hill next week, and I believe you've got your to almost. DP yeah. World Tour action as well, haven't you, Paul? We've got uh, the Magical Kenya Open next week, yes. Um, and we've also got the Puerto Rico Open. It's going to be absolute madness next week. It's going to be mayhem. Come yeah. And come, and we've got, come and join us on the podcast. Yeah, we've got another that's a nice doubleheader that week. We've got another one because they've slotted the Qatar Masters in um, yeah. alongside the WGC match play in a couple of weeks' time as well. So, uh, yeah. Tables will be turned again that week, and we'll uh, we'll be trying to cover off three events that week as yeah, well. Yeah, that'll have the Corralis as well. So it's going to the mm. next few weeks are going to be absolute mayhem at Golf Betting System Towers. We will Indeed. squeeze in a podcast where and when we can. Right, I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Good luck, everybody. Best of luck to listeners. We will be back next week for the mayhem that is the Arnold Palmer and uh, the Puerto Rico Open. And what did you say you've got, Paul? Uh, Magical Kenya Open. The Magical Kenya Open. I hope your bets go well. See you next week. Adios. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips And so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system.